0: Exploring the investment landscape with a guru's wisdom and a strategist insight, Good Life Companies presents the Market Update with Noah Brooks and Chris Needs. Thanks for joining us on the Monthly Market Pulse. I'm Noah Brooks with Chris Needs from the investment team at Good Life. I have a lot to cover today, so I'm going to get right into it. We had the jobs report coming out on Friday. The economy created 336,000 jobs. It's bringing people off the sidelines into the labor force. Um, hourly earnings were up 2.2%, which is a great number. And the unemployment rate was holding steady at 3.8%. So the economy is just humming along. Um, might be remiss, but I feel like I should say there's a chance of a soft landing. I, I'd love to see it. Um, Not a lot uh, of negative stuff in the report. We had leisure and hospitality added almost 100,000 jobs, government added 70,000 jobs, and healthcare
1: added over 40,000 jobs. Chris, did you see anything negative on the report? I think the only negative to take away from it was the initial reaction in the futures, because the rest of the day, the market seemed to really love it, and uh, the market moved up all day. We ended up over a percent on uh, some of the indices, And, you know, we didn't we didn't have the negative drop that you would expect from a hot jobs number uh, that we saw, particularly earlier in the week on the JOLT report, the job openings, labor labor turnover survey report. So we saw a very hot number that day and the market did not react favorably. We saw nine point six one million job openings versus only eight point nine expected. And for the next day or two, the market really tripped over that until we got a a nice stabilization and a positive reaction uh, from this report, which is indicating clearly a strong economy.
0: Yeah, strong economy, uh, but the tail of the tape for the last quarter really was higher rates, right? And higher rates led to a a bad quarter for the stock market and uh, a bad quarter for the bond market as well. All of the major indices were down for the quarter. Uh, Dow was down, you know, two and a quarter percent. S and P was down three point six five. Nasdaq was down over four percent. And small caps, man, they were the worst of the worst. They led the way down, uh, falling Russell 2000 falling five and a half percent uh, for the for the quarter.
1: Yeah, the small caps have really been struggling lately. I know at the beginning of the year we were talking about the forward price to earnings discount compared to the S and P 500. And if you're looking at the S&P small cap 600 at the beginning year, it was at 20% and it has just gotten cheaper throughout the year. Uh, At this point, it's actually below 30% compared to the S&P 500. And I think that's really in part due to the effective interest rates that the small caps have to pay compared to their larger cap counterparts. So the larger caps, they, they generally have great credit ratings. Super strong cash flow, and some of the small caps don't have that luxury, and weren't able to load up on debt during the COVID crisis when rates were on zero, and it's really starting to affect their valuations now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a Microsoft or an Apple, and your know rates go up a little bit, or even a lot like they have, it's not going to it's not going to affect your earnings near as much as your your small companies and your mid caps. Um, you know, so going back to the quarter a little bit, it didn't start off all that bad. July was actually positive, up three uh, percent for the, for the month on the S and P 500, and it would actually hit a year to date high, July 31st, which was, was nice to see. But the next day, uh, Fitch, a ratings agency, came out and actually downgraded U.S. debt. Um, now that happened back in 2011, and it was much worse then. You know, so it's already it's already happened, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't great to see. And Fitch doing that kind of took some of the wind out of the market, um, you know, poked a bubble in, in the market, if you will. And so August, we lost some of that momentum for July. We were down in August and then September, it got even worse. Uh, market was down uh, over four and a half percent in September. And that's where you get the, the whole market being down for the quarter, uh, you know, like with the S&P down. Um, 3.5%. So the market just seemed to realize that the Fed is not messing around and interest rates are going to be higher for longer. I know we've talked about that in the past, but I think the realization that they're going to be higher for longer and the fact that they're not going to be lowering in the short term is really coming in to focus. Um, So for the quarter, what's happened? We had a Fed meeting in July. They raised again 25 basis points. There was no august meeting but there was a symposium uh in jackson hole and chairman powell came out and he said they are prepared to continue to raise rates uh if if the data warrants it and you know the market didn't really like that i think they're just they're 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 they are prepared to raise rates again um and you know overall the market understands that i think so there was no change in September. They met in September. There's no change there. Uh, there's no meeting in October. Next meeting is November. Meeting after that, December. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna speculate that I don't think they're gonna raise in November. I, I think they'll be you know, be hawkish again, but I don't think they're gonna raise in November. And there's a, there's a reasonable chance that they're gonna raise another 25 basis points in December. Um, as as they've told us, they're data dependent. So again, nothing in November would be my my idea of what's going to happen. But there's likely a raise in December.
1: Yeah. So staying on that topic, since clearly they influence interest rates, you know, j has been telling us for the longest time, higher for longer in the market. has been trying to call his bluff and uh, looks like he's finally winning out here based on the results from the third quarter there. Um, The long end started to move up finally which we haven't seen in in a really long time uh after that jolt report when yields spiked we saw rates and yields i should say at levels not seen since before the great financial crisis so we saw the 10-year yield actually went over 4.8 percent and the 30-year yield intraday went over five percent so that's a pretty nasty spike there obviously which was hitting markets um, during that Tuesday Wednesday there. Um, but what we are starting to see is the yield curve is starting to normalize. So what I mean by that is we had a very inverted yield curve for the last, you know, year plus. And the short end of rates were much higher than the long end of rates. That's very uncommon. Normally, we have an upward sloping yield curve where the short end rates are much lower and you get rewarded, with a higher yield, longer you go. So where we're at now is the long end has moved up significantly. It's starting to normalize. So that's affecting things. The high yields are affecting things across the board, business investment decisions, but it's really also affecting the housing market. So we're at a a period right now where housing affordability is very low. Right now, uh, two stats for you here a median income household in the United States buying a median priced home on the, on the market would be paying 44% of their income. That's including the monthly payment insurance and taxes. But yes, exactly. Noah, that is a large chunk of your income. And historically that is a very, very high rate. So eventually I think that could lead to the consumer getting a little tired and not having, money for extra things in the economy to go out and spend. Um, And again, there's two parts to that. You have the inventory, which is low, and the yields that are high. Right now, uh, the yields are making mortgages unaffordable, but inventory is also an issue. Why is that an issue? Because 62% of U.S. mortgage holders have a rate below 4% and 92% have a rate below 6%. So again. Well, I mean, there, there you go. If, if you want, if you were sitting at a
0: 3.5% 30-year, the likelihood of you moving into something else is pretty slim, especially with where they are now, right? So what was the stat that you, you told me earlier today? The average 30-year mortgage is at 7.5% today. And so if you're sitting on a 3 or 4% mortgage, you know, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule, but if you're on a three or 4% mortgage, the likelihood of you going into a seven and a half percent mortgage, um, you know, slim, slim. Yeah.
1: Generally, you're not going to voluntarily bump up your, your monthly payment by 50 to 66%, you know, unless you're forced to, but it's yeah. not just here in the United States, you know, we've heard about the commercial real estate issues here and abroad. It, it's really a global thing. Um, Going internationally over to China, the second largest economy, uh, they're having major issues right now with uh, with their property develop their real estate prices and property developers. Right now, their bubble is deflating, and they have spiraling prices. They can't get rid of homes. And last year, Evergrande, one of their biggest property developers, went bankrupt. This year, just in the past week, Country Garden actually has also. Uh, missed debt payments is likely to go bankrupt. So things have gotten so bad over there that instead of paying their suppliers with cash like normal, they were actually giving the roofers, the plumbers, all their supply people, they would give them apartments in lieu of cash because they didn't. they just giving them giving them a condo, yep. giving them an apartment instead of paying
0: and paying instead yep. of paying them. That's not great. It's not great. Uh, listen, sticking with the international theme, I, I want to bring up, it's been about 10 years since the Greek bailout. Uh, now, it wasn't all in one month, but it took a while. But uh, back in 2013, Greece essentially went bankrupt, and they had to be bailed out by the European Union. And the government took a lot of austerity. Uh, the European Union took a lot of austerity measures, but the government low, uh, raised the the retirement age for, for Greek workers, uh, there were protests on the streets. Um, but 10 years on, they're actually doing reasonably well, um, from from what I read. And everybody was worried that Greece was going to leave the European Union. Well, it turns out that Greece didn't leave, but Britain did, right? So we didn't have a Grexit, we had a Brexit. Um, so that's that's a little little historical fact there going on 10 years. In terms of what we're watching here coming up, Um, Really, one of the biggest things coming up here is the government or the possibility of a government shutdown. So we had a situation a week and a half ago where they came out with a short term spending bill and, you know, it seemed to work, but it's only 45 days. So that brings us to the middle of November. Um, We have a situation where we could, you know, have another government shutdown. And that was one of the reasons I mentioned earlier with Fitch lowering the government ratings they stated that clear as day. That was one of the reasons why they were doing a downgrade on our debt. So that's something we're watching um, in addition to the rest of the markets. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. I'm Noah Brooks, along with me, Chris Needs from the Good Life Investment Team. We have our eyes on the market so you don't have to. We hope to see you next month. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.